You're listening to Tweets Ahead, an Irish podcast where we discuss our favourite tweets and trends from the week. Whether they're social, political or from the world of sports, we love the unpredictable mess that is Twitter. Enjoy the intro music. Welcome to Tweets Ahead, an Irish podcast. It's all about talking tweets, Twitter, and the ridiculousness of the Twitterverse. My name is Fergal, and as always, I'm joined by Cormac and Sean. Gentlemen, how have your weeks been so far? Uh, I'm okay, Fergal. I've, I don't know, everybody seems to be saying it. It's kind of been like a funny week. Everybody's kind of been saying, is it Friday yet? <laughs> Since It is like, Friday. Very early, <laughs> very early Sunday night. A lot of people seem to be saying... Is it is it Friday yet? But nothing specifically bad has happened. Just, uh, just one of those weeks. What, what about you? Yeah. Well, as you know, I was staying in a, a castle last night. That's right. Uh, you were it... at a one of those kind of like it was in role models, wasn't it? Like one of those fantasy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a LARP, a LARP yeah, event, yeah. <laughs> live action role play. Yeah, no, I think that's yeah, what it was. It's exactly yeah. what it was. Uh, I was staying in the Drummond Tower in Andrada in Loud. Um, it was. It was. I felt like a fancy man. I felt like I was staying over to inherit some money. You know that kind of way. Yeah. Uh, like a haunted tower. They uh, obviously kicked it out today at some point. They so. they kicked me out early today. Yeah. Uh, Sean, how's your week? Um, grand. I had I had nothing to watch on TV this week, so I got back into a bit of um, PS4 gaming. Yeah, got, you you you're tweeting like crazy about it. I know. Yeah, I got into this role playing game called Disco Elysium, which is essentially like trying to play Dungeons and Dragons by yourself. But you get to play this like cool, drunk, uh, drug-taking detective trying to solve a case. And he made a major breakthrough in the case last night. I was really proud of myself. Um, but that's been my week. Sean, it sounds like something that has maybe taken over your life, your sleep and your dreams, that, that kind of thing. Well, it's, uh, uh, Sean, is it like... What type of case is it? It's a murder case, or is it like? Yeah, there's this, there's this. It's called Disco Elysium, right? Yeah. And it's based in this fantasy world, but like you come it's across here, your... it's not about murder, murder on the dance floor, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's this. Uh, Sophie like... Ellis Baxter has been murdered, yeah, and you have to yeah. find <laughs> the killer. You're this, you're this cop who wakes up with amnesia, and uh, he's into like taking notes of alcohol and drugs and you have to solve this case of this man hanging in a tree and uh jesus sean it sounds yeah. fairly like that you took were, a like, sharp left turn introducing yourself to like gaming like it's fairly full on like i thought you i know saw, yeah like a bit of fifa or something but it's so the best pokemon or i know but it's the best game i ever played because i was like i was like doing something around the house the other day and then Something man hanging off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> something, you know, but something I was doing reminded me about this clue in the game. And then I stopped myself and I go, I must go back to this character and ask her what she was doing about this because it was, you know, I'm thinking about it all the time. Well, that's okay. I mean, let's try and get you away from that, Sean. Let's try and get you on topic tonight. 
Um, and I, I think there's a few big topics you, you really wanted to talk about tonight. Is yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Massive topics. I was looking at Twitter's reaction to Israel-Palestine, uh, the tool that is Gal Gadot, uh, a rant against her performed of activism and uh, a rather spineless Minister of Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney. Um, that's what I'm looking at, <laughs> which is which is a lot to actually get your tongue around. Um, so I hope I haven't bitten off more than I can chew, Fergal. Well, let's hope we can get our tongues around it. Um, Cormac, what were you looking at? Uh, unfortunately, I'm also looking at the good news story that is Edwin Poots being elected <laughs> leader of the DUP so for anyone that's looking for a nice like uplifting podcast tonight uh, I think we're probably gonna have to rely on you for for that one. yeah once again it's up to me to bring the nonsense uh yeah I was looking at uh, kind of a new story and tweet put out there by BBC about uh it basically Dracula's old castle in Romania and Transylvania is, is giving out free COVID uh vaccines uh as part of a weird tourism thing, uh, it produced some uh, ah, a fun little thread on Twitter. So let's uh, let's have a look at it, will we? Sean, uh, I'm going to come to you first because it sounds like you've got a lot of ground to cover, my friend. I do. Um... Yeah, it's, it's been a big week on Twitter with regards to the conflict that's happened in Israel, Palestine, uh, or Palestine, sorry. And rather more so, what was the big kind of sticking point of the week was Gal Gadot and that tweet. So I'm going to get into like Gal Gadot a good bit because she really gets on my wick. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about, how do you feel about Gal Gadot personally? Uh, I, I don't think she's very good at her job. Um, I, I don't think she's very good as Wonder Woman. I, I've never, yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get the praise she gets sometimes. And yeah, she just seems to be a bit of a spanner. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like I know you're going to talk about that, that whole Imagine video from last year and stuff. Uh, oh. but she just comes across as an absolute tone deaf spanner. Uh, Cormac, what about yourself? Yeah, unfortunately, I think the same. Like, I suppose it is a comment on her, her attractiveness as kind of covered up a lot of this stuff possibly for a, for a long time but especially especially in America but like Europeans would kind of be a wee bit more aware of the countries she's from and a lot of their their policies towards their neighbors than, than Americans would be so I yeah. think I think when we hear something from her we're a bit more likely as Europeans to critique it than, than the Americans are so I don't know maybe that's why she's kind of got away with it for so long but that video last year kind of it's a great thing about Twitter and social media like that video last year kind of really put her in the oh, I don't, probably shouldn't be using the term firing line but yeah it did <laughs> oh fantastic uh, so Sean kind of, kind of take, take us to your top process here yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off with maybe just how are you with the whole conflict in, in Israel and, and Palestine? Would you just be up to date with it? Would you just be up to date on it or what's my opinion on it? No, I don't, no, have, like, any, I don't have any answers if that's your question. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. But like, would you know the history behind it? Would you would you um, be well first in it? 
I'd be I'd be well versed from about the nineteen sixties onwards. Yeah. Uh, before that, obviously, it's difficult to make a comment because of everything that happened in World War Two. So yeah. From about the sixties onwards, I'd I'd be well enough versed, thanks to actually actually thanks to probably the Discovery Channel and History Channel years ago when they actually did uh, history and discovery stuff, not just. Yeah, porn star retail. Porn star and like an alien to place my husband. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'd be from from that war in the the late kind of early to late sixties. Yeah, I would. I would. Six day war. Yeah, yeah. like I suppose just to put sort of the viewpoint because there's a narrative on Twitter that you see a lot of kind of Israelis giving it and, and a lot of uh, propaganda going up on Twitter, Israeli propaganda. Uh, but the general view here is that. You know, there's one side that is being sort of uh, conquered by the other. You have an, an oppre- oppressor and the oppressed, and it's clearly the Palestinians who's, who's being oppressed. My little, my little sort of dummy's guide to, to this, it all starts off with the Brits. It's the Brits' fault, you'd be glad to know. <laughs> <laughs> back, in, back, in the, back in 1915, they promised uh, the land to Palestinians they haven't they hadn't yet conquered the land from the Ottoman Empire at the time at World War One, but they promised it to the Palestinians. And then two years later, they promised to Zionist Jews. <laughs> so it was their fault uh, to start off with. In 1947, then uh, the state was partitioned by the UN and it looked like a feckin jigsaw puzzle. It was never going to work. And then you kind of see throughout the years, it's it's the Israelis just take more and more land and it becomes unequal. After the Arab-Israeli war, they had one third more land than they would have had in that UN agreement. And then in the Six-Day War in the 60s, they took the West Bank and the Gaza Strip to where we come today, where it morphed into this Israeli-Palestine conflict. And from 2015, you have about over 350,000 Jewish settlers in the West Bank. And more controversially, what what comes out with today is in East Jerusalem, you have more than 200,000. So... Why why tensions have flared this week? I'm not sure if you're familiar familiar with uh, Sheikh Jarrah in East Jerusalem. Um, about 12 Palestinian uh, Palestinian families are being affected at the moment, and this was, you know, land that they had that were promised. But Jordan used to have that land um, since 1948, and they were promised that land and given it under refugee status. But obviously, when the land was annexed by Israel. Uh, these Palestinians are, are, well, the Jewish people at the minute or Israel at the minute are claiming that these Palestinians don't have a right to this land, that it was originally owned by uh, a Jewish religious trust. So this case, this Sheikh Jarrah case is in the courts at the moment. And it's become sort of a national, I suppose, crisis for the Palestinians because, um, you know, it, it goes back, it spans through the whole history and, you know, it's it's not just some people getting affected. It it kind of symbolizes everything that's happening with it, um, and then during the week, this kind of all comes together with Jerusalem Day, um, and and this reminds me again. I'm going to talk about sort of the parallels between, um, Israel and the the Irish situation and and all of this because, on Jerusalem Day, it would remind you exactly like the Orange Order. <laughs> it's like oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's like during during Jerusalem Day, which happened last, I think it was last Monday, 
these kind of young right-wing Israelis to celebrate the Six-Day War and the reunification of Jer Jerusalem. So that's conquering the eastern part of the city where this Sheikh Shura is. So they're celebrating what, what you know, became occupied Jerusalem. And what's also provocative about this is the central feature, which is the flag parade. It reminds you exactly like the Orange Men, where these march through the, a very contentious route through the Muslim quarter of the old city towards the Wailing Wall. wall. There was a, a couple of um, videos of this up on Twitter, but they're, they're all shouting, Yamat Shaman, which means may their, may their names be erased and shame on you all. So that was quite a big, big reaction on Twitter, just about... You know, that's that's crazy looking, isn't it? Yeah, you can see them all with their, I don't know, with their hats on, on jumping, jumping up a, and waving flags just outside the Wailing Wall. It's quite a provocative image. So anyway, that's why, you know, joined with the Eid celebrations also. That's why it's just such an absolute powder keg this week. You know, a couple of Hamas fired rockets over into, into, into Israel. And then the Israeli army had this sort of a really disproportionate attack then back on this yeah. and a lot of a lot of buildings getting crushed some um a couple of a couple of people died including children I think it was at least nine nine Palestinian children it was absolutely awful so you have this backdrop and people on Twitter giving absolute hell about it and and rightly so you know it's, it's one of those things that you actually see that there's actually a strong response on Twitter to, to, to this as suppose there was maybe other years when 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 this of and think maybe people are becoming more aware and in the middle yeah. of it you get bloody gal gadot and um, yeah because I, I think what israel really needed uh, you know in this point of time was a, a strong israeli celebrity to come out yeah and set set things straight and settle things down and i'm mm. sure gal, gal did that sean Oh fuck me, she did. Um, this all goes back to me. Like, like I remember sitting at the start of the the pandemic, and sitting down and opening up my laptop and on Twitter and seeing this bloody video that just it just boils my blood. I'm gonna play it just just so people just you know just a smug face on her. Before you play the video, whole, Sean, oh. remind remind everyone what the video is before you play it. So it's it's day six of of lockdown. And Gal Gadot claims that she's all philosophical and, you know, she wants to cheer everybody up, you know, because it's such hard times and we're all in this together. She gets all her celebrity friends to sing parts of this Imagine song. They absolutely butcher it. Do you know what I really hate as well? Do you know the people that kind of go all vibrato on it? And it's really out of key, but it, it makes it sound even worse. They try and dicky, <laughs> they really try and dicky it up. Um, yeah. Oh, it just pisses me off. I'm going to play it and I'm going to let my blood boil for a minute. Okay. Day six in uh, self-quarantine. And I got to say that um, these past few days uh, got me feeling a bit philosophical. Um, you know, this virus had affected the entire world, everyone. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, we're all in this together. And I saw, I ran into this video of this Italian guy playing the trumpet um, in his balcony uh, to all the other people who were locked inside their homes. 
and he was playing Imagine and there was something so powerful and pure um, about this video. Uh, and it, it goes like this. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us on the sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh. Come on. Come on. Just no, we don't need to hear I'm, anymore. I mean every I feel like Jamie Dornan is just constantly disappointing me. He was like the third person up there. He should know better. He should know better. And James Morrison is in there too. And it just that irritates me. I never like before Sean goes any further, uh, I can categorically say I I never rated John Lennon or the Beatles. So. <laughs> We are talking about Israel and Palestine, and that's been the most controversial they'd, thing that's been said so far in the podcast. They'd lost me in, in the beginning, like, you know. Uh, <laughs> in the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> straight, straight away. But anyway, uh, go on, Sean. My rant about performative activism yeah, and Gal Gadot. Yeah. Performative activism pisses me, pisses me right off because it, it's this idea that, like, I must make the world's problems my problem and i also must be seen to say something about it because i must stay in the limelight it really annoys me i think i'm not i'm never for cancellations but i think people who do this performative activism should be called out uh completely that that particular imagine thing it was just tone deaf it was condescending like she starts off like we're all in this together while we are in you know they're all in their million dollar mansions just like feck off it really annoys me. Absolutely, yeah. It, it disappointed me. I actually only found this out yesterday when I was researching it again. Chris O'Dowd was in the video. I actually didn't realise he was in the video. Yeah. And then I was looking through YouTube and I found he was had an interview with Louis Theroux. I'm just going to play a little, little tiny bit of it where he explained <laughs> that he actually didn't realise what it was for. <laughs> I heard this. I heard this. He's, man, by the way, if, if, if you are listening, check out that interview with Louis Theroux. It's on... Um, it's on his new podcast, Grounded with Louis Theroux. And him and O'Dowd are actually mates. And it's it's just a good interview. Yeah, oh, it's, it's really good. And he, he nearly, Louis Theroux is slagging him off about it. And I was just a little bit relieved. I, I kind of, I had a little doubt about Chris O'Dowd. And then he, he, real, he made me realise that I mean, this is probably how it happens in show that, but is you get asked to do something, you don't realise what it's for. And then oh, I'd say so. Yeah, I'd I'll just play the clip. What's this imagine? It happened so quickly the day before where I was running from one kid to the other and I was walking through the garden and said, oh, we have to do a video for Gal Gadot. And I was like, what? How did the request come in through Kristen Wiig, who is a good friend of ours? And then they had just done Wonder Woman together. Kristen's in Wonder Woman. And I'll do anything Kristen asked me to do. So, of course, we just did it. It took five minutes, didn't think about it. I presumed it was for kids or I know that Gal works for UNICEF, so I presumed it was a charity. Which would have been even more cruel, by the way, to make children listen to it. <laughs> I think there are laws against that, but sorry, go on. But yeah, people were, it was definitely, we were in that first wave of creative diarrhea that <laughs> seemed to encase the entire world, particularly momentarily. It was just a bunch of 
people running around thinking that they had to do something when we really didn't. We just needed to just chill out and just take everything in. So I think that any backlash was fairly justified. <laughs> I was glad to listen to that. I think he like he nailed it on the head and um at least Whereas Jamie Dornan is no excuse. No, he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't have any excuse, does he? Before you go on, Sean, Cormac doesn't seem entirely happy with that excuse. No, I'm not just, just looking at you. Not convinced by it, no. He's such a cynic. I, I like the fact like I just would always think maybe I expect too much of 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 people from from this country. Like just if, if Gal Gadot asked me to do something, the answer would be no. It wouldn't I didn't know matter. how you would finish that sentence. <laughs> it wouldn't matter, like you know, if, if like it came by a Kirsten Wig or not. I'd just be like, no. All right, just, okay. I'm, not, I'm not specifically buying his uh, answer. That's that's I, being honest. Even though I, I love this, I love this. Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, I, I don't want me and Chris O'Dowd to. Engage but he listens every week, so you want to sort of be careful. Yeah, yeah, I know. You don't want the people of Roscommon coming after you. Um, oh. I was, I was going to say the irony of Gal working for UNICEF as well, but sure, listen. Yeah. Stop. Anyway, during the week, she tweets this, another performative activism type of tweet. I, like, I hate the way she takes such a serious issue as Israel-Palestine and tweets it on her Instagram with a wee breaky heart. and makes wee, wee it, emoji, yeah, yeah. Oh, just anyway. Our tweet read, and I'm sure everybody listening heard it. My heart breaks. My country is at war. I worry, worry for my family, my friends. I worry for my people. This is a vicious cycle that has been going on for far too long. Israel deserves to live as a free and safe nation. This is me all. Our neighbors deserve the same. I pray the victims and their families. I pray for this unimaginable hostility to end. I pray for our leaders to find a solution so we could live side by side in peace. I pray for better days. We all need God's prayers. Uh, what did you make <laughs> of that tweet? Would, would that count as virtue signaling? Yes, oh, completely. Yeah. But it, yeah. it also like probably have to keep in mind how biased she is in all of this. Well, here's the thing, you know, I was talking about this um, to my wife um, last night and she was saying, Look, well, Gal's been in the, the, the Israeli army and Sean, I'm sure you're going to talk about that. Touching on a, that, yeah. Yeah, she was in the Israeli Defence Forces for two years, I want to say. Uh, so to a certain extent, there's probably uh, brainwashing is maybe not the right term for it, but there's, there's going to be an underlying, you know, bias. It's gonna be a voice, yeah, yeah, and a voice in the back of her head. Oh yeah, yeah. Traffic a little bit, so I, I think that kind of needs to be taken into account. Oh, it does a little yeah. bit. It doesn't excuse anything and what a dope she is, but you can see where the the dopiness is coming from. Yeah, she's she's a coward. She, uh, if she was in the Israeli Defense Force, then she shouldn't have been so afraid to uh, leave her replies on. She she disabled them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, mm. she disabled her replies for that tweet. Like, I mean, you know, uh, I would see what they're doing next door to their to neighbours, and a lot of people see it as 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 a form of ethnic cleansing. I mean, I know it's probably not, as we know by now, religious based or, or kind of race based, but it's more it's more a land a land grab than land grab. Yeah, yeah. But like, still, 
in order to grab the land, you have to get rid of the, the people that are there. Yeah. I mean, it's either push them into the sea or put them underground, which, which, you know, so that would be my, my view of it. I assume this got a few responses on Twitter, Sean. It did. Uh, just before you say that, just about before I go into the responses, just the tweet itself, like the, the, the problems with it and the fact that she, she, refer, she refers to Israel deserves to live as a free and safe nation, which they're already doing. Uh, our neighbours deserve the same. Neighbours in the fact that she doesn't mention Palestinians uh, is key, uh, key in that. You know, yeah. she, doesn't, she doesn't say Palestine. It, it's just full of just full of shite. Uh, some of the responses we have at FMIWN as Wonder Woman, you save children from getting hit by an incoming missile fire. In reality, you are a disgusting ally to those who are committing ethnic cleansing, genocide, terrorism, and colonialism against Palestine. Uh, I had, I love this one by Hussam um, Khalid Butt. Uh, I think, I think he's some sort of actor. He just said, quite simply, requoted her tweet and said, read the room and a fucking newspaper. <laughs> it's important it, to make. <laughs> it, takes a lot, it takes a lot for Sean to curse in the podcast, folks. He's pretty wound up. I love it. Go on. I don't. I don't. Um, and it's interesting to note that this tweet got absolutely ratioed, like the amount of likes, and but then the mo- amount of quote tweets. You could tell people were quote tweeting it and giving it hell about it. Um, yeah. A really good one. Uh, Ted Cruz quote tweeted it and said, God bless Gal Gadot. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> Ted Cruz, yeah, the fucking, Zo- then, the fucking Zodiac killer himself. I know. And then at C Quill ninety seven tweeted, for anyone who was confused why Gal Gal Gadot's statement was dog shit, when Ted Cruz gives his stamp of approval, you know you fucked up. He probably thought she was a porn star, from Ted Cruz. <laughs> he, man, have you seen him lately? He's starting to look like something from Duck Dynasty or some shit. Like he, he's gone full bananas. Oh, he's mad. He's mental, yeah. Other celebrities were tweeting about this, and, and you can see other celebrities had more sense and were quite different from Gal's clear bias framework. Susan Sarandon was one who uh, immediately tweeted uh, a fact-checked a fact check about the Palestine and Israel co- uh, conflict. She said, Mitt, Palestine and Israel are in conflict, with a big X beside it. Fact, what is happening in Palestine is settler colonialism, military occupation, land theft, and ethnic cleansing. A conflict means there is equal footing, and which is not the case. There is an active oppressor, Israel, and an oppressed Palestine, a colonizer, Israel, and a colonized Palestine. This is not a conflict, which is a very important um, tweet to make note of. Yeah. Secondly, another people were talking about the this possible backlash that Gal Gadot would have in future movies. Mark underscore OP uh, <laughs> was referring to Death on the Nile, and he said apparently it's getting harder and harder to sell Death on the Nile to the general public. Now that Arnie, Arnie <laughs> Hammer is cancelled practically <laughs> everywhere for alleged cannibalism, and Gal Gadot yeah. entangled herself in Zionist propaganda. What's 20th century going to do next? <laughs> <laughs> oh I, my god I was reading that and I thought you'd really appreciate the army hammer flashback I forgot you mentioned all of that also Russell fucking Brand looks like he's in it so no thanks <laughs> <laughs> what you have against Russell Brand I can't remember he's, he's just terrible recently another at, at Scrub Fangers were pointing out how uh, you know very recently 
Twitter was everybody was standing beside Gal Gadot in her whole thing about Joss Reed and threatening her career. And then next second, now cancel her. Just how quick uh, Twitter changes. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a, another good shout. I read a, a really interesting, uh, great take on Jezebel.com by a journalist called Ashley Reese, where she also she talks about Gal Gadot's statement and also a statement from a former Democratic candidate in America, Andrew Yang. And he had a tweet up, and I'm just going to read out the tweet and some replies to it because the replies are actually very good. So Andrew Yang, on probably on the same day that Gal Gadot came out with her ridiculous tweet, he came out with a similar one saying, I'm standing with the people of Israel who are coming under bombard- bombardment attacks and condemn the Hamas terrorists. The people of New York City will always stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel who face down terrorism and persevere. And there are a couple of people who are quick to, on the uptake. Sorry, I'm just seeing that first one from Henry Golding that says, you are an actual twat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, lots of like people immediate lots of blue ticks actually came right underneath his tweet uh sammy sane said maybe not the most tasteful statement to make within hours of israel bombing gaza and killing 20 palestinians nine of whom were children but then again i'm not a soulless piece of shit politician so what do i know um, that's sammy zane the professional wrestler i think so yes okay <laughs> uh Ben Bram said, yikes, bro, this is not it. Please educate yourself in the events and try to have some nuance and compassion for all parties involved. This is bigger than your mayoral run. Yeah, that was, that was some really good responses over that. But uh, back to Ashley Reese's article, and she she mentioned that both tweets, Gal Gadot's and Andrew Yang's, and just she summed it up very nicely. The problem with both Gadot's statements and Yang's insistence that he mourns for every Palestinian life taken by forced time, as I do for every Israeli, is that it implies a sort of goofy both sideism that doesn't actually reflect the reality of what is happening on the ground. And I'll get back into that with sort of the, the Irish government's response to, to what's happening. Just back on, on Gal Gadot, like she's been known for having previous Israeli Defence Force propaganda tweets. That's uh, right, yeah. Yeah, back in, I think it was 2014, uh, the Israeli army was on a like a vicious offensive against Palestinians. And she she was on Facebook. She has this like picture of herself praying at a candle. And she says, um, actually, sorry, this was on Twitter. She said, I am sending my love and prayers to my fellow Israeli citizens, especially to all the boys and girls who are risking their lives protecting my country against the horrific acts conducted by Hamas, who are hiding like cowards behind women and children. We shall overcome Shabbat Shalom. I just say, that's such a strange sentence. Because in my head, I read it like an Irish mammy. It's like, especially to all the boys and girls who are risking their lives. (laughs) Or it's like something Bosco would say. Yeah. So uh, the guy who, who posted, who kind of brought this up to light at Fox Luther was saying on July 2014, Israel killed 607 people, avenging only two victims of a suicide bomber. The UN condemned attacks and declared war crimes were conducted. The UN school used as a shelter for survivors were destroyed by the Israeli bombing. And she has the absolute audacity to publish this, this hashtag Gal Gadot. Someone else also pointed out the hypocrisy of her, her Wonder Woman role in, in the movie. I think it's uh, Wonder Woman 1984. She's yeah, seen yeah. 
rescuing these two children playing football. Yeah, so basically a, a rocket is fired at them um, and, it's, and she saves the, the kids from a rocket and it's a, you know, it's a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah, and uh, at, at uh, Quentin Reviews, uh, actually, sorry, Q underscore review pointed out that on the same day she made this post about, you know, I, I send prayers to my brothers and sisters that actually two children, two Palestinian children or sorry, a, a group of Palestinian children playing soccer were murdered by an Israel missile strike. So just pointing out the whole hypocrisy of it, um, which I really agree with. And as I said in all this, as um, your wife was saying that, you know, it's important to remember Gal Gadot's perspective is based on her indoctrination into the IDF. She served in the Israeli army for two years at the age of 20 in 2006. And this was during Israeli's war with uh, Lebanon. And during this time, she had a non-combat role, so to speak. I think she was a, a fitness instructor. I didn't know that. that. Was, you know, that was the deal with her, yeah. People were pointing out on Instagram or on, on Twitter that there's a distinct difference between Gal Gadot and Natalie Portman, who's also Israeli. Natalie Portman put up an Instagram. She's not on Twitter, I don't think, but she put on an Instagram image um, the kind of I don't know what to call it on Instagram, but it was a retweet of Viola Davis about uh, the Sheikh Sharah and sort of promoting educational uh, resources about it. So um, yeah, people were kind of busy seeing how how different the, the, between the two were. I have yeah, to say, I always loved Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, me too. I, I, I had no idea she's born in Israel. That's um, that's a new. Yeah, one. yeah, I, I didn't know that either. I think, I think I think Jamie Heaslip was born in Israel as well, but you don't see him uh, currently. Currently, <laughs> I'm tweeting. sorry, what? Jamie Heaslip was born in Israel. Fairly sure he was born in Israel. You're welcome to look that up while. Yeah. while Isn't it Heaslip was? I think that he was, but again, like it go, I know it's something you plan to talk about later on, or in the next bit, Sean. That like that is maybe something Heaslip has learned, kind of growing up in Ireland. And, going to school in Ireland but kind of our experience with our neighbours <laughs> as such like he probably knows to read a room better than Gal Gadot Gal Gadot or Natalie Portman who spent most of her adult life in, in America yeah, yeah, and, yeah and Americans would be very pro-Israel I, I think to to say anything against it is some people just claim anti-Semitism um, which is obviously not the case oh yeah and then it's important to remember a lot of evangelical Christian groups in America are very pro-Zionist. And like, it's an actually a mad reason. And the reason that they're very pro-Israel is because they believe in the, what you call the last day of, you know, the, the reckoning. Yeah, the reckoning. They believe... <laughs> what, what do you call it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they actually believe that Jews should be in Jerusalem because on the day of the reckoning, God will come down and judge all the Jews. So that's why they're very pro <laughs> It's like it's a real yeah it's a real messed up thing that they want the jews in jerusalem and, and israel so that when god comes down on the on the on the day of the reckoning that he'll judge all the jews that's what that is anyway sorry go on anyway look go on. i'm going to go on to to just irish twitter's reaction to the whole thing um because i think i'm just pointing out that ireland have a very strong affiliation with with the palestinian struggle you know, it strikes not an empathic chord with us for obvious similarities. You know, um, we got fucked up or fucked over by the British, oh. which 
<laughs> which I pointed out earlier on is the same thing. We're oppressed by an oppressor with huge military backing. You know, you talk about the penal laws, evictions during the famine and land era, particularly that uh, Sheikh Jira thing that does ring a bell with us also. Um, a terribly thought out partition of land. Like I said, like Palestine, yeah. Palestine is even worse considering like it literally looked like a, a jigsaw at the start of it. And then it got, it got less and less. Uh, and then we also tried to give aid to Palestine. And I just thought about our own situation in, in, um, in our hometown with MV Rachel Corey. Do you remember that left the docks? Yeah. Back yeah. in the day. But uh, at, at the Foreign Ariactus Foreign uh, Affairs Committee this week, the Israeli ambassador Ophir Karif was there. And to me, he, he struck me. He's very condescending towards Irish people's empathy towards the Palestinians. He said, I'll be very careful in drawing parallels between the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and Israel history and the conflict on the island of Ireland. But I think that the one rule we can draw very confidently is the complexity and that anyone who approaches this kind of conflict must bear in mind, things are not simple, things are not black and white. My opinion, he can go and shite. Uh, <laughs> both histories have their own complexities, but you have to call a spade a spade. There's a colonial military power oppressing a disadvantaged people. Uh, and it's a, a, it's a distinct parallel that relates both to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and our own British-Irish conflict. Yeah, there's also, my opinion, I know what he was getting at. I think we all know what he was getting at is one, one of the things he was certainly getting at because I heard him talk about later on about like we should understand because we have our own um we had we not now but we did have our own problem with terrorist groups i mean the north of ireland had about seven or eight different paramilitary groups on both sides we're not we're not the same as like it's not mm. the same as one group in like palace uh, palestine such as hamas uh, yeah fighting back like it's it, you'd you'd six or seven different paramilitary groups on both sides fighting with each other, infighting and fighting with both governments involved. It was an extremely complex issue, more complex than what they have going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. But and as I, but I, as I point out later on, you can see that the Palestinian people have actually been sort of nearly forced into the corner to, to pick Hamas as their, yeah. Yeah. As their government. Anyway, this kind of led, as a result of this meeting, and uh, Simon Coveney, our uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, response to the offence, Irish traders were very critical of uh, the minister and his party. At the Kate McKay pointed out that um, you know there, there was very weak sauce um, of Simon Coveney's treats. Like it started off very concerned by violence in East Jerusalem and threatened eviction in Sheikh Sharah. But then it went on to kind of you know, condemn um, Palestinians. Rockets are never the answer. I condemn the firing of rockets into Israel. What's needed is a strong engagement by the international community with Israel and Palestinian authorities. He didn't seem to uh, condemn sort of the Israeli disproportionate reaction to it all. Um, he posted then, um, I've been in UNRA schools in Gaza. Killing of children in conflict is never acceptable. Israel should be condemned for targeting Gaza with such tragic consequences. So he did eventually go for it. And by that stage, it, it, he escalated the tweets enough that the Irish ambassador was actually called to the Israeli government. But, you know, Coveney sort of, he didn't have a strong response from the start. And a lot of Irish Twitter was really critical of him. At Canavon tweeted, 
In continuously painting this as a both sides issue, Simon Coven is covering up for the ongoing ethnic cleansing of Palestine. Utterly shameful. Expel the Israel, the ambassador, boycott Israel. And I, I suppose that alludes to what that journalist was talking about, that both sidesism that seems to be in our in the Fine Gael sort of opinion at the moment. It's, it's trying to appease everybody, isn't it? It doesn't, yeah. surpri- it doesn't surprise me because, as I've mentioned before on here, we are the European Union's best, best pupil, best boy. And it didn't surprise, <laughs> it didn't surprise me because earlier on tonight, before we started recording this today, uh, Ursa von der Leyen, who is president of the EU Commission, tweeted, and she's actually now also getting hammered on Twitter because she tweeted, tweeted out, um, very concerned by the situation in Israel and Gaza. I condemn indiscriminate attacks by Hamas on Israel. That, that was it. Violence must end now. So, I mean, we're European Union citizens. And she's on Twitter speaking for us uh, as if to say, well, you know, uh, this, is, this is Palestine's fault. No, I think yeah. I think people just see it go, oh, terrorism. So, you know, I must condemn terrorism. But actually thinking, well, what's the reasons for it happening? And <laughs> it's just it's mental that people don't see the the sort of imbalance that and the disproportionate uh, offensive that Israel are carrying out. Francis, this kind of got on then on Twitter. The conversation turned to the occupied terrorists bill. If people aren't aware for it, it was a bill that was passed, I think it was in 2018 that sought to um, boycott goods from Israel and to, to kind of nearly recognise the Palestinian state. Francis Black, uh, singer and now senator, tweeted, My heart is breaking for the people of Palestine. We need more than words now from the Irish government. Ireland must, Ireland must ensure that we are at the forefront of the campaign against the apartheid and persecution. It is time to pass the Occupy Terrorities Bill. Another tweeter pointed out, well, the Irish government are actually blocking it and this is really due to Fine Gael's stance that they seem to want to like not to be to seem to support or even legitimize Hamas and you know, on the other flip side of the coin Hamas hasn't uh, a, bad, a, a good human rights record with regards women and LGBT rights in Palestine um, and that's probably due to their fundamentalism and their enactment of Islamic law I was reading like there was some uh, there was a case of a, a woman who got murdered by her fiance in Palestine, and instead of imprisoning the man, the authorities uh, just ordered his family to pay. I think it was the sum of one hundred and fifty thousand euro to the murdered woman's family. Um, so things like that kind of don't sit well with um, don't sit don't sit well yeah, with. With, with human rights uh, I, I think that's on I, I don't think i don't mean to say that's unfair but as you said earlier on i think it's unfair to suggest that hamas represent um mm. palestinian people as you said they've been literally backed up against the edge of a cliff because that's exactly where they are in terms of land they've been backed up yeah. uh, you know against the sea and kind of they've genuinely nobody fighting their corner other than yeah other than Hamas. Well, that, that said like surely like you know people getting affected from their homes and facing the oppression from you know the military and government and you know being part of this apartheid state surely that must push the government away from this fence sitting and actually introduce the bill and there's so no, many because 
there's one thing Fine Gael love above all else. It's it's a colonizer. Uh, they're completely and utterly turned on by the British government. So it doesn't surprise me that they would be completely and utterly yeah. erotically turned on by the Israeli government. Yeah, that's uh, true, yeah. They, they're huge fans of that kind of behaviour. And like, if they're critical of mass, like you said, it's important to remember that they've been backed in the corner to choose these to because they're, they're seen as the only way of protecting them. But even more so, I was reading today that the Israeli politicians years ago they actually originally supported and emboldened Hamas as a means of, of, if you remember Yasser Arafat, his party was the PLO party and it was a ploy, a ploy to split them up by emboldening Hamas and, and it came back to bite them then when Hamas started their, their campaign of suicide bombings. Yes, um, and uh, allegedly, as, as we may or may not know, um, although the case was seriously dropped after Netanyahu met with French authorities. Uh, Hamas, I think, were originally accused of of wrongdoing in, in Arafat's death, and it, it was beginning to transpire that uh, Israel may have actually been involved in, in poisoning him, I think, in the end is what it, what it was. Um, wasn't he poisoned with that, that famous polonium? Oh, yeah. 210. Yeah, that's another thing. At, yeah, at a at a diplomatic event in Paris, I think. Oh, right. And it, it was blamed on um, enemies and opponents within, you know, Palestine, aka Hamas. And then it has transpired in 2018 that it, it may have actually been the Israeli state that, right. that that had a border in order to start this kind of infighting between. Uh, Hamas and Arafat's group. PLO, yeah, it's interesting. We're all, all learning lots tonight. Um, but anyway, there, there's a big push for the the occupied territories bill. Chris Andrews, uh, Sinn Fein TV, in the in the doll was on Twitter pushing for it to finish up. Um, I'm not sure if you're a big fan of Richard Boyd Barrett, but he's. I'm just going to play a little clip. Sorry, I love him purely you love because him. he's just mad. <laughs> he just doesn't care. He's gonna say it. Is this the clip that's gone viral on Twitter, Sean? The last couple of days, I think it's gone viral. Roger. It's gone viral on Twitter, but it's also gone viral in Facebook uh, in Gaza. Um, I think yeah. a lot of people over there are loving that. And I think, Sean, we had a pub base row before over, over Richard Boyd Barrett. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was, but it was one of our many famous pub based rose over over something Richard Boyd Barrett said. I, I think it, oh it was something I, I remember I remember <laughs> yeah, something he like, said. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I just love his um as this video will show, he's quite he's quite sassy. I like that. I know yeah I know like Roger Waters of the Who has retweeted this as well. Has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that's great. I'm gonna play it for you. Okay, Deputy by Barrett. Uh, Ambassador, I, I will say frankly, I'm one of the people who thinks you should be expelled from this country, and uh, I believe that uh, that's nothing to do with you personally. Uh, it's to do with the policies of your state, and uh, I think, uh, along with Desmond Tutu, that the time for treating you as a normal state is over because you're not behaving as a normal state. And um, I just want to ask you questions, really, in relation to that uh, contention. And I would just say for the record, uh, 
uh, it certainly isn't motivated by anti-Semitism in my case. I mean, for 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 example, when uh, disgraceful attempts were being made to downplay the horrors of the Holocaust by people like David Irving, I brought a Jewish Auschwitz survivor to this city to organise meetings and get her on national television to remind the Irish people about the horrors of the Holocaust. And I would do so again if anybody tried to downplay the horrors of what were done to the Jewish people. But it is precisely because I'm opposed to racism that I oppose what your state is doing and what it stands for. So I just want to ask you a few questions uh, in relation to that. And I should also say, by the way, I lived for a year on Moshav Neotia, Neot Hakikar in the Dead Sea uh, in 1987, two weeks before the first Intifada broke out. That leads me to my first question. You have tried to cover over what uh, you have done, the killings of innocent people in Gaza on three separate occasions over recent years, the seizure of Palestinian land and so on, by attacking Hamas. Now, why don't you just uh, admit that Hamas didn't exist when the first Intifada took place? They didn't set up an armed wing until the early 1990s. Uh, and that there was a reason that PLO were in Tunis at the time, exiled, effectively uh, not present. But the ordinary Palestinians rose up because you denied them basic rights. I lived there. It was apartheid. It was racism. It was endemic. It was rotten. Absolutely, I was shocked within weeks of living there to see how you treated Palestinian people. And isn't it the fact that the law of return, which is the basic law of the Israeli state, is a racist apartheid law because it confers rights on Jews that it denies to Palestinians. Uh, it allows, for example, if I was Jewish and had never stepped foot in Israel, I could claim citizenship there tomorrow, but six million people whose origins are in what you now call Israel, who were forced out in 1947 or 48, do not have that right. Isn't that part of the reason why the Palestinians are in dispute with Israelis? Because you deny them the right to return to their homes and to their land and to their villages and that they have a legitimate uh, claim, even under international law, to return, but you deny them that right. Why do you deny them that right? And why do you give that right to other people who have no connection whatsoever with the land, whether you call it Israel or whether you call it Palestine? Uh, why do you continue to seize land, if you're serious about Oslo and the two-state solution, why do you continue to seize land, which under that agreement, is land designated to be Palestinian land. 500,000 people, most of which has taken place since Oslo. You allow that to happen. Why do you allow it to happen if you're serious about giving this land to the Palestinians? Uh, that's, his, that's his little thing there. Um, I love his use of rhetorical questions there at the end. Um, just to finish off, there's some protests organize, being organised tomorrow in in all major towns around Ireland and if you really want to keep up to date with the conflict in Palestine I'd, I'd recommend um, at Annie underscore Deval that's D-E-B-H-A-L I apologise if I mispronounced that but uh, she's uh, really good at, at tweeting things that are going on in, in Israel at the minute Brilliant Sean that was incredibly detailed um, thanks I, I know I learned something from that uh, Cormac I think you've an equally happy trend you want to talk about yeah what i learned was uh like night follows day <laughs> bad news tends to follow more 
bad news tends to follow bad news. And uh, at about five o'clock today, half five or so, um, the DUP leadership was taking place. And the winner has been Edwin Poots. I can't believe he won. I can't believe that. Like, um, it's, it's I, crazy. I've only heard about, like little bits about him. A couple of things about Edwin Poots just when I'm here. He's actually, now, obviously, this other person has more money than him. And I would never denigrate somebody's looks, but he's actually younger than Brad Pitt and looks about 40 years older. Uh, <laughs> strange. Like, you know, I, I've just kind of seen a thing of, like, people Edwin Poots is, is younger than. But uh, he, he's kind of one of those, you know, individuals. But, yeah, anyway, look, he was up against, I think it was Jeffrey. Donaldson, I think, who he was up against, and he won out. The first I heard of it was when Gavin Riley and Richard Chambers tweeted it out that. Uh, oh, did the, the, the one of your Gavin Riley or Richard Chambers like alerts go off on your phone or something? Yeah, well, exactly. It? Like you know, yeah. and that that's exactly how it was. And Edwin started by saying he wanted to end the bickering between unionist leaders. Only by working together can they overcome current problems that ensure Northern Ireland remains within the union for another 100 years. Within that tweet that Gavin sent out, I'm not even going to play the video because it's 30 seconds long and it's just him spewing garbage. You'll you'll note that he only spoke about um, ending the bickering between unionist uh, leaders and parties. There was no mention of Catholic or nationalist communities there whatsoever so that should give you a good idea already of what way he's t- going to lean with his leadership uh, for everything bad that was said about Arlene Foster I think she understood the political game when it when it came down to it um, she kind of knew sort of you know what had to be done and what give and take there had to be and I, I don't think this guy <laughs> knows that at all but uh, a couple of things about Edwin Poots, because I usually cover sports, as you know, um, Edwin Poots was actually the first DUP politician to attend a GA match. On, but uh, unfortunately, he actually turned up 10 minutes late. And that was a well-known, well-known reason for doing that was so he'd miss out on the meet, which is <laughs> national anthem. So again, that's the type of uh, person you're dealing with. So Twitter, of course, has, has reacted to this, and uh, I'll just read out a few of them. Um, Kira McShane, who's a girl that I follow on Twitter, and she's she's quite good on Northern Irish. She's, she's a lot of uh, followers as yeah. well. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, she just tweeted out very simply: Edwin Poots, who believes the world is only six thousand years old, has just been voted the new DUP leader. So. Fergal, I know this was something you were, you were interested in, the fact that he, yeah. he actually genuinely only believes that the earth is a couple of thousand years old. I love, crea- I, I love creationists. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm absolutely in love with it as, as a concept. Yes. Um, Sean and, and Fergal. I'll, I'll yeah. just, I just, before you go any further, Fergal, because I, I want to get your opinion <laughs> on, his, on his comments more so than on the creationists. Yeah, you, okay. You yeah, know fair enough. So he has views that have often been cast into the spotlight over the years. Um, he's previously been cited creationism as the reason behind his controversial comments. Before he was made environment minister back in 2009, I looked this up, Pope Poots 
spoke of his creationist belief that the world was created by God around about 6,000 years ago. He's not specific about it. Um, of at, at about 4,000 BC, as is written in the Bible. Um, he said that he did not believe that there was enough scientific evidence to suggest that the earth was created billions of years ago is as widely scientifically accepted. Um, using another one of his other ones was using the ancient volcanic basal columns of the giant's causeway as an example he said i do not believe the giant's causeway is 60 million years old if other people make an issue of that that is up to them now the problem is everybody is entitled to their beliefs no matter religious beliefs no matter how stupid they are but the issue is a lot of those people are never in a position of like environment minister (laughs) environment minister or now first minister soon to be first minister of northern ireland making the decisions when scientific issues in the next couple of years such as climate change etc are going to become i've always had actually a big issue with creationism because it's, it's actually more of a problem than people think like there's school curriculums there's these religious schools um you know some really i don't know how you'd say hardcore religious schools that in their school books in their science books creationism is a thing like everything is done through the lens of god and i see that as a massive problem so people kind of laugh about creationism there's a school actually in this town (laughs) and i looked up the the curriculum and yeah there you go it's creationism it's more of a problem than people think i I, I look at it i look at as a form of as a few of education i go yeah, no, I'm, I look, I, I have a problem with it. As it's, it's not something I believe. I, I don't have a problem in a couple of idiots going around believing that. I certainly have a problem when they end up in positions power like this. But it could only happen, unfortunately, in well, happen in America. But you know, it's Northern Ireland's one of the places that it could happen. Um, yeah. On Prince George, uh, that's. George, what, what you see, George Mountbatten. He's one of the <laughs> uh, one of William Mountbatten's kids. He uh, he was pictured wearing a pink t-shirt, and Edwin Poots tweeted out that Prince George has now become a gay icon overnight <laughs> for wearing pink. So we've plenty of that to look forward to. Um, uh, he. On, Ari- on Arlene Foster being elected leader of the DUP in 2016, he tweeted out that he didn't think it was a job for her because her most important job should have been as a wife, a mother, and a daughter. So basically, he doesn't believe in women in positions of... Don't make me defend Arlene Foster, you or, prick. Or, or equality. So how he's going to get on with Michelle o- O'Neill, for people who don't know, is Sinn Féin deputy minister the power sharing agreement in Northern Ireland how he's going to get on with her nobody knows um, he also definitely not single handedly because we know all these views are backed up by the, by the DUP he was in court in 2013 um, challenging the UK Supreme Court that was thrown out um, he challenged their um, their stance on allowing gay and lesbian couples to adopt children in, in the UK uh, he said enough public money has been spent on this fool's errand of allowing gay people to um, be involved in the running of children's lives. Uh, that that's that sort of thing. On um, blood donations, he had some 
interesting views as well <laughs> because this relates to his views on on the gay LGBTQ plus community. Uh, he wanted to keep a ban on gay men and w- wants to reintroduce this ban, by the way, on gay men and women uh, donating blood because he thinks that people who engage in what he calls high-risk sexual behaviour in general should be excluded from giving blood. Um, he just made it sound cooler. <laughs> someone who has sex with somebody in Africa or sex with prostitutes, I'm very reluctant to uh, allow these people to be able to give blood. Where that came from, I don't... Where he come in with that one, I don't particularly know. So that's the type of individual that we're, we're dealing with. Before we get to any more tweets, your views on his belief that dinosaurs didn't exist. <laughs> fully believes the dinosaurs actually, actually, creationists now do believe that dinosaurs exist in Cormac yeah. and that they were and they were on the ark no, with Noah. No, no, you're wrong. Creationists from before sixteen or from after sixteen fifty might believe that, but this is a DUP politician you're talking about. <laughs> so they don't there is, you know, they on. don't believe in that. Um yeah. Uh, so just so like just so look some some tweets on it, um, you know. So Edwin from Kevin Maher. Uh, so Edwin Poots is the new DUP leader. Hard to work out who is happier: the Ulster Unionist Party, um, the Alliance Party, or Sinn Fein. This seems to be a general consensus already tonight that this could be. It could take years, but this could be the perceived beginning of the end for. For the DUP, I don't know. I don't know what you think of that. Yeah, but if you can put someone so. that, that that backwards in charge, you know. But but then we you know in recent years we've seen backwards people in charge a lot. So I, I don't know, but yeah, you'd like to think it's signaling the end, wouldn't you? Like he, he's without a doubt going to stabilize Northern Ireland. Like it's it's not going to end end well. Like when, he, when things like that, um, things like he's saying earlier on. Um, I've been said he's making making mention of mention of unionist communities and nothing of nationalist, Catholic or non-religious communities. That's not a good like it's not a good kind of indicator of what way he's going to try and govern. Um, just somebody somebody else said like you know, uh, there are two types of of creationists. The first type is young in the sense that they're about four years old and don't understand anything. The other type is a grown adult who has shit for brains. So that was tweeted out by Paul Bassett. Um, somebody else tweeted out that Poots is actually also trying to bring back a law that existed in the 17 or 1800s and it's uh, around Bert. Obviously, C-sections are a very recent thing, as in, I don't know, maybe the last, would we say last century or so? I'm not going to be sure. There's actually been a I was, I was reading a bit of Greek mythology, Stephen Fry's Greek mythology, and there was a C-section in, in the myth. So it's been, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure actually sure, but it was in the myth, and I was kind of, oh, that's interesting. Was it around then? Yeah. So, actually, this, the word cesarean, I think, comes from it. So, so, what, so what he said is, he thinks anyone that, I will allow C-sections, but, but anyone that has one should be charged extra for, for having one. Oh, just... Get out of town. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Um, yeah, yeah. He thinks he thinks, you know, it should be charged for C sections to encourage natural births because that's 
what God would want. Um, again, bringing up the issue of culture should have made it a little less risky. This guy, <laughs> the case. this guy has no idea when it comes to women's health. Um, so just to finish off on one that I, I like, um, so the account I'm following is Dr. Harold's news. Um, it's, oh, it's, quite, great account. it's quite similar to not the RT news as in it's satirical parody account. Um, who we had on a few weeks ago, uh, they tweeted out, I'm assuming they, it could be one person, but they said, um, new DUP leader Edwin Coote says reports he wants a homosexual witch hunt are inaccurate. He said, I want to correct that matter. I want to hunt both homosexuals and witches, he told reporters. <laughs> so again, look, in a quick kind of summing up, what do you, like, what do you think of... Like, it, it, do you not think, like, we would have, although me, you, and Sean didn't have a, a vote on this matter, we would have highly criticised people in America for electing Donald Trump. We would have highly criticised people in the UK, specifically England, for electing Boris Johnson. Uh, and we have somebody now about 80 to 100 kilometres up, up the road who has very similar views. Uh, to them so I mean are we kind of not in a position to laugh now even though it's not our government uh, I think I think you're you're right when you said it's the beginning of the end because a lot of in that prime time debate a couple of weeks ago uh, where we were talking about a uh, United Ireland we were talking about Sinn Féin the DUP and then the centre that are very you know they don't, don't really have any that are neither one way or the other if you have the DUP with these I'll call them alt-right or like really, really right-leaning conservative old-school tendencies and then this like bizarre understanding of science and social issues and LGBT issues, it's going to put out all those people in the centre and I think you're right when you could say it could be the beginning of the end of the DUP, they're not going to be taken seriously anymore either when you have <laughs> the head of them uh, not... I... Uh, a creationist and not I believing picked, in, in basic I, I shit. Picked, I picked out mostly tweets that are from people in Northern Ireland and in Ireland, but I did look at a lot of tweets from what we would call mainland UK, and some of them are astounded, like they're astounded by like what's just happened. <laughs> you know, like they can't really believe what is like what they're what they're reading about this guy uh, yeah. like I, I didn't get a chance to add this but one of the other things he that was tweeted out about him was um when at fergal and, and you brought it up because you were you were laughing at it about the fact that he was environment minister and didn't believe in climate change um his quote on that was somebody asked him how he could reconcile that like as environment minister and he said well no, I don't believe in climate change, but like God created this planet and why would I want to harm anything that God created? So that was how he governed the uh, <laughs> the environment. He, he wasn't the environment mis, uh, minister when they took in that cash for ash thing. Because wasn't the, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that minister, whoever was involved in that, was like, God told me to do it. He had a dream that God, God <laughs> told me to do it. It could have been Edwin. <laughs> Poots because he was environment minister for a number of years, yeah. 
I, I just haven't been able to go back that far with him because I only become acquainted with him in the last two to three years as he was one of the loudest mouths in the room around Brexit. So, All I know is that this is not the last time we're going to be talking about this chat. I, just when we finish, um, you know, he has one of those names that sounds like it could be in Harry Potter or something like that. And that's <laughs> he, sounds, good... he sounds like he belongs to Hufflepuff. Yeah, like it's never a good thing. So, you know, that's where I'm leaving a Fergal. That's where I draw the line. For me, it's not even as horrific policies it's the fact he sounds like a character from harry potter it which is done it for name. me brilliant uh well listen i'm gonna wrap things up with a pretty short one and just to lighten the mood a little bit after you too uh, okay i don't know if you guys saw this <laughs> but the, the bbc tweeted a news story about how in um, in transylvania uh the home of dracula um you know in, in the castle with the castles he apparently was you know, he's associated with um, he uh, they're giving out free or they're giving out like vaccine jabs uh, for COVID. So to hear the story, investigate the story goes: uh, visitors to Dracula's castle have been jabbed at needles rather than fangs after a COVID nineteen vaccine center has been set up in a Transylvanian site. Medics with fang stickers on their scrubs are offering Pfizer shots to everyone who visits the fourteenth century Bran uh, Bran Castle in central Romania. It is part of a government drive to encourage more Romanians to get jabbed. So apparently they're actually having issues with people taking a jab in Romania. And this is this has been seen as one of their solutions, is to set up shop and track this castle. It's not the first time people have been jabbed with stuff in that in that castle. Didn't there didn't Vlad was Vlad not called Vlad the Impaler? Yeah, well it wasn't Vlad the Injector. I know that. I know that, but like it's a similar process of like sticking something into somebody. <laughs> so, isn't, like, isn't this insane as a policy to try and get people to take more injections it's not it's not the smartest move although like i'm a bit of an idiot like i'd <laughs> i'd probably i'd probably go for the day out you know what me too i would i would you know maybe it's, it's in conjunction with the tourism board but they already cormac the, the dad jokes are out on, on twitter um i, I like love dad jokes one. Oh well, well, I've got a few of them here for you. Um, so in response to this this new story, um, at Kipple Winker uh, tweeted out, "You can always count on Dracula." Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I like to that. Provide, to provide those injections. Um, Rob Norwood tweeted out, "Going all the way to Dracula's castle for a COVID job will end up being a pain in the neck." Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, someone uh, weirdly called John Hammond <laughs> replied with, uh, now they just need to do a blood drive to achieve peak irony. Very good. I, I, uh... I, don't, laugh. I don't laugh at dad jokes. I just kind of enjoyed them. Oh, yeah, it, think... took me, it took me a second to get the last one. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah man, that was, that was a bit rough. Um, so some people on Twitter were then talking about side effects, you know, associated with getting your COVID jab in... in in this castle in, in Transylvania. Uh, Sean, one of your favourite um, people on Twitter, James Felton, replied yes. to this story. So I, I was positive you'd know all about this. But anyway, uh, James I'd, replied... I'd be too wrapped up in the Israeli-Palestine con- conflict in Gal Gadot to notice. Apologies, yeah. Uh, <laughs> James replied with, uh, I finally got my vaccine. Not feeling too bad, but does anyone else hiss when you see a crucifix? Uh, someone called Angry Mamka replied, I don't know why all of you are being so negative about this. 
I got the vaccine there and I feel great. A bit of light sensitivity, but it's a minor side effect, I'm sure. Yes, yes, I like that. I like that one. I was wondering if somebody was going to go down that route. <laughs> uh, these are kind of dad jokes as well, aren't they? Uh, and then someone called Erica Thomas replied with, the injections are a little different. Two doses at the same time injected into the neck. Side effects include aversion to garlic, desire to sleep in a coffin, ability to turn into a bat, a desire to drink blood, and increased chance of life-threatening sunburn. Don't like that one, Fargo. No, it's not. It's not coy enough to be to be funny. She went too far. Uh, fair, fair. Or they went too far. Just out of, out of curiosity, someone did reply. Um, someone called Tara Brown replied to it and saying, "I wonder if more people in the US would get vaccinated if all amusement parks offered a vaccine." Uh, and I was just wondering, is there anywhere in Ireland you think you know? Just to wrap this up, is there anywhere in Ireland you think you know we could set up a, a vaccine center like that, like in a, in a real touristy kind of Place. Where, where would Ireland people go? Potato Park. Potato Park. Potato Park. Park. Yeah, you go yeah. up, you get your jab, and then you go up and ride on the Cullen up and down the rickety, rickety roller coaster, Dublin. and then you get off and you get your bag of crisps. Dublin Great. Zoo, maybe, Fergal? I, I don't know. Dublin Zoo? Dublin what is, Zoo. There's, there's bats. You, you could do it in a bat uh, enclosure. You could um, get your vaccine and pet an animal. <laughs> I was going to say Clara Lara that really should be water in, park <laughs> in, seen in New York uh, the name has escaped me and it shouldn't uh, the mayor of New York uh, has approved or is encouraging people to get vaccines and if they get a vaccine they'll get a fee- free happy meal at McDonald's oh man I'd do that so, <laughs> I think the, the easiest way like to, that, get, to get people <laughs> to get people to have a to have a vaccine in Ireland would be to like open up open up the pubs and then as you go in the door it'd be like your vaccine and a pint that would be you can cool. only ha- yeah you can only have a pint again if you get a vaccine yeah that'd be the like easiest that. way yeah yeah i think it would work though we should set up not shop even, uh in tatas in town gentlemen not even as a joke i think it would be very <laughs> that would be great would you like your like your vaccine uh, that'd be 100 percent. okay thanks very much <laughs> <laughs> two vaccines two vaccines no problem <laughs> All right, uh, Jensen, do we have any tweets of the week this week? Uh, I actually had two or three, Fergal, and one of them was, you know, the Moncrief show on News Talk, uh, every now and again to do like a movie kind of hashtag. And this week's one oh, was yeah. hashtag millennial movies. <laughs> there was a couple of good ones. Uh, there was, you might like this one. It was really a movie though, but it was like Abraham LinkedIn. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like apocalypse, whoa, just whoa. Uh, there was the, <laughs> the fast and the bike curious. That always seems to get a mention. The fast. <laughs> fast and furious always seems to get a mention. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was like a very topical one. Dude, where's my house? Uh, oh, was, yeah. Honey, I shrunk the kids' inheritance. <laughs> there was a uh, gluten free willy. I liked that one. <laughs> That's very good, yeah. And there was. Uh, Totes Recall, which were the ones I got to... That's one. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Totes Recall. Yeah, they were the ones that I got. That is so stupid. Yeah. My, my tweet of the week, I know we didn't mention the HSE cyber attack, but Dr. Har- Dr. Harold News just had one up there about Stephen Donnelly. 
uh, it just said Stephen Donnelly blamed for HSE cyber attack after admitting he clicked email link promising 1,000 mentions. Uh, I think that's quite, 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 that's quite, a good, very, quite a good burn. Very on, on the nose, yeah. That's amazing. All right, gentlemen. Uh, listen, as always, thank you for joining me this week. Uh, we have been the Tweets Ahead podcast. Uh, you can listen to us on all good podcast platforms. I'm banned from listing them out now, so just go find your, your podcast platform and listen to us there. Please like and follow uh, and leave a review. We'd love to hear um, from you guys. As always, the music has been Welcome to the Breakdown by Bill Coleman. We've been Tweets Ahead. See you next time.